0: This is Your Own Voice, the podcast about gender experience and perspective. I'm your host, Amy Breslow. Each week I invite a different guest to share their personal experiences regarding gender and gender issues. When I use the word gender, I mean the range of social roles, personality traits, attitudes, behaviors, values, and relative power that society assigns to females, males, and other individuals. Gender is an identity that is learned. How we define gender changes over time and can vary within and across cultures. This podcast is recorded at my kitchen table and may contain sounds of life from my home and neighborhood in Washington, DC. Episode 20, Possibilities Part Two. This podcast began out of a desire to support the ongoing conversation around gender in the United States. After six months of hearing people's personal thoughts and stories, I decided to take a step back and focus on a few specific topics. Today, I'm sharing responses to the question, what do you think is possible today, given the current conversation around gender, that wasn't possible even a few years ago? In part two, my guests reflect on possibilities and openings across the gender spectrum, some of which have evolved over time. There was a strong emphasis on how differently this upcoming generation approaches gender roles and gender issues, particularly in regard to gender identity, orientation, and expression. We'll first hear from Rose, who identifies as a cisgender queer woman and uses she-her pronouns. Rose stressed how the introduction of LGBTQIA plus vocabulary into popular culture has created new possibilities around awareness and understanding.
1: I mean, that is, there is so much more possible. I have to say, um, the the vocabulary that people have, um, uh, around things like sexual orientation around, uh, gender orientation, this vocabulary was not, was not available to me in high school. Certainly. Um, in fact, one of my first jobs after grad school was, was going out to high schools and talking about, um, and teaching LGBT, um, anti-bullying. And so a lot of that was talking about terms and describing, OK, what does it what does it actually mean for a person to be trans? And, and these are concepts that are new and they are really they're infusing the um, the average person's imagination with images of that they can actually that are more tangible they they never they didn't have access to these ideas before it, someone who had grown up in a small place had not had not left that small place might have just believed that that trans people did not exist because they never encountered them but because of the rise of social media because of the introduction of these terms into popular culture television shows they are even even people who are have less access are starting to hear them and I think that that is that is offering really wonderful opportunities to convert that vocabulary into understanding.
0: I love that idea of converting vocabulary into understanding.
1: Do you have an example? So um, something I a couple of years ago I took uh, Arabic classes and one of the things that was, that i faced that was quite difficult is i wanted to be able to talk about my family and the fact that i have a female partner um but those that vocabulary was not accessible to me or in arabic the translation of gay was actually pedophile and so i i approached one of my language instructors and said hey can you can you help me find the words that can describe my family in a way that people understand it so that so the terms aren't so specialized that an average person would understand, and so together we created um, some some basic words. And then what was amazing is that she then brought together all of the all of the language instructors that were teaching Arabic, uh, and everyone got together in a single room and talked about these terms. Um, and this was an opportunity. There was a, a panel of people who were LGBT and had the opportunity to tell their stories. And so we were not only introducing words, but also putting faces and stories to those words, which meant that these teachers um, who maybe had not known that they knew a, a gay person or a trans person before, now they they knew a, an appropriate word that was respectful and they knew a person with a story Um, And so there are certainly still some people who were not very comfortable with the concept, but it existed.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Chris identifies as a hybrid third culture kid and uses he them pronouns. Chris pointed to the increased support that he and others in the community are feeling from the general public. So
3: much, so much, yet at the same time, it feels like we're it feels like as in the political world and the policy world, we're kind of stuck or moving back. But when you look at the under the underways, I went to a concert of performance last night to try guys, and one of them came out as gay and posted made this beautiful video montage of coming out and what it's like, not only in his per- perspective. I think it was made to kind of encompass the whole LGBT movement and the support for his like ten is amazing performance. And it was very much about celebrating who he was. And he had just come out as gay. And the love felt in that auditorium. There was a moment where it felt directed to me and I kind of teared up a little bit. So you see these underlying waves in the general public of way more support to people coming out as LGBT and sharing who they are authentically. So while it might seem like on a federal and level we're a little lagging behind or going backwards, I don't think it's a long is not going to be here for very long. I think there's going to be a lot more progress once we kind of move beyond where we're at. We're just in a rough period for now. Chris went on to describe how
0: much easier it is to access information about being transgender and how today's youth are changing the game by fearlessly being who they really are.
3: The youth now, they're unabashedly who they are and very authentic. And there's On Instagram, if you use the hashtags and follow transgender, there's just... A variety of people who are showing who they really are and sharing their stories and it's something that that wasn't possible when I when I first started looking into hormones and trying to find resource on what it was like or what it would be like and how to go about it that was in 2010 11 not even 10 years ago and there was nothing there was like two maybe three people on YouTube sharing their experience and now it's just thousands upon thousands and you can find videos anywhere About the transition, you can find websites of information documenting this is how to go about it, this is the best way. The youth nowadays have changed the game, and they're just very who they are, and it's refreshing to see. If you show people who you are and everybody was to come out and do that, they will accept you because there's just so many of us. And it's not just LGBTQ, the alphabet soup, or gender conforming, or asexual gender whichever everybody has something so just being able to come out and the youth are really doing that they're being able they're very vocal about what they're passionate about and who they are and who how they want to be treated and seen and that's the future that's the way and if we could all follow in their steps that would be pretty dope
0: Henry identifies as a gay African American man with a disability and uses he him pronouns Henry also spoke about the bravery and openness of today's youth and new possibilities afforded by social media.
4: I love the new generation that's coming up right now because they're so brave and they're so open. Um, Because for, I think for mine and early generations, or early generations, they didn't really have the chance to be outspoken because due to the... uh, stereotypes to stigmatized, but for mine, we're open, but we're not, we're still trying to navigate being gender fluid or what our sexuality is, but this new generation coming out, they're like, I'm queer, <laughs> I am a cisgender, blah, 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 call me my this pronouns or sexuality and so-and-so, and they're just so out there, and they're just like, we won't stand for this do like politics, do social media. They're just an outspoken force. And I love social media for that front. It's because it gives so many demographics of people, you know, um some pleasant, some unso pleasant, but it gives them a platform to engage in conversation. And I just I love the fact that we get to engage in different platforms of like being LGBT, being African American.
0: Rachel identifies as a gay, ethnically ambiguous female naval officer and uses she, her pronouns. Rachel highlighted new possibilities for conversations around gender and sexuality.
5: I think that it's a lot easier today to talk gender and sexuality and sexual orientation a little bit more than it might have been a couple years ago uh, in terms of how fast the movement uh, for, for marriage equality kind of went through uh, America. And it's very interesting because when you look back historically about certain topics that people thought were taboo to talk about, there's always a point where people say, oh, you can, we will never get to this point where you can talk about this issue. And if we look back and, wow, of course, of course we can talk about that now asking questions asking questions if if the earth is round people just no that's not something that's it's widely known that the earth is flat and yet now we look back and we see these scientific discoveries and we see just cultural change historical change and you think oh of course of course the world is round why how did anyone ever think that way and i think we are slowly getting to that point where it will become sort of the same thing with sexual orientation. Like, of course there's, there's sex, different sexual orientations. Like why did we ever think everything was black and white? We're humans, we, we feel all these different emotions, we act differently, we're all individuals. And I think the movement will continue to progress. And I think the same with gender, gender will continue to progress. And the societal norms, I think, are getting a little bit more blurred and that's something that I think is great. We see more, more people saying, you know, I don't care what society says. I'm going to wear this or I'm going to do this for fun. And so I think that's something that is a great positive step in the right direction.
0: Martina resonates most closely with the identity of a cisgender bisexual woman and uses she, her pronouns. Martina talked about both the challenges and possibilities stemming from how we now think about gender and the impact of questions that people are now asking themselves, which are more important than any one answer.
6: What's possible is, again, that we don't have to put things into the kind of boxes that were just assumed also to be scientifically um valid. you know, now we, we look at it even, you know, what is a man? What is a woman? What is gender? What defines it? We now understand it's so much more complicated than just chromosome. It's almost like another dimension has been added. And rather than viewing these things as maybe two-dimensional, now we're adding a third dimension. And I think and I think that threatens some people. And I think so in some communities or some areas, I think there's almost been a shutting down because this is viewed as such a threat. Um, and yet, in other communities, there's this wonderful opening up. And I see it with um, a lot of my clients who are under 30, who just, there's an, there just is this assumption that they can view themselves in so much of a broader way. And I would say almost every person, every person under 30 I work with would consider themselves queer in some way because the notion that they are one thing or the other just, doesn't doesn't apply the same way it did for my generation. And can I
0: ask you because this question of what does queer mean? Mm-hmm. I've heard different definitions. Mm-hmm. How when you hear the word what does it mean to you?
6: Well, I think it's again because I again I watch it in people who are under 30 now that it that they can identify themselves in a multiplicity of ways that there is, it isn't just I am straight or gay or I am cisgender or transgender. It's like one can be sort of in the middle of this flow um, uh, in ways that are just... And I I think what's more interesting is that the questions that people ask themselves, not the answer. And I think this is also where modern spirituality has helped a lot, the whole notion that the journey is much more interesting than than the answer. And we tend to be a culture that's looking for goals and answers, and we're moving a little bit more about being present to the journey more. And so I see people, it's more the question in the sense of, well, in this moment, this is what I'm doing. And like, you know, they'll come in one day and they're dating a woman and then then they're dating a man and then they're dating. I mean, it's and there's no it's sort of seamless. There's no needing need to explain it even, um, which I find fascinating.
0: The next few voices talked about changes and possibilities that they are seeing within their own families. Matt, who identifies as a cisgender gay male and uses he him pronouns, Gave an example of one way his family talks about gender issues with children.
7: The first time um, my sister, who's the oldest, um, was pregnant with her first uh, kid, we had a conversation about, um, you know, how are you going to explain um, that you have a a gay brother um, who has a a gay partner, um, and um, you know. Like, My sister, who also had friends uh, growing up that were gay, was very, very much an ally and so forth. She's like, well, I would do it like any anything else where I would just say, well, you know how I love your father. Matt loves this person. And it's all about love and not about the, the differences in sexual orientation or all the other intricacies. But, and it's fascinating that almost every instance where I've come across and I've asked people about this, where they've had the same experience. Kids are, um, they just get it. They just understand that um, they don't have these preconceived notions of what uh, traditional um, structures look like. And so they're willing to accept that love is love.
0: Matt went on to describe other possibilities that he sees in the younger generation of
7: his family. The, the positive aspect of social media now, um, and I see it as I follow my nieces, my nephews, it's almost a cool thing to do. Now to stand up for people that are being bullied, and I think that's such an amazing thing. And I see again on my, uh, you know, my, um, uh, on the social media that my uh, family members are on, and they're they're young, they're in high school. Um, I see them, you know, um, even. Uh, using terms for one another um, that are endearing between men and things like that. When, um, when in my day, if you did that, oh no, you'd be bullied, you'd be ostracized. Tracy,
0: who identifies as a Black woman and uses she-her pronouns, picked up on the changing priorities around gender that she sees in her family's younger generation.
2: My sense for her is that she's more aware than we like that that her generation like her generation more self aware of women and what I admire about her generation is the way that <clears throat> they just accept people for what they are you know and, and I one of my um, friends daughters approached someone and said what pronoun should I use for you I'm like oh, I would have never have thought to ask that question you know like to you know what do you refer yourself to? I just wouldn't have come across my mind but for them they're so aware. And and so, I don't know. It's like a forward thinking, and from my perspective, I think it's it truly is an age thing, right? Like so, we're not. um, It's not in my face where it's for them because their generation is so open about it. I mean, it's it's interesting. My cousin, I have a cousin whose son is um, once referred to as they, and. So the mom's trying to understand it, and she walks up to a man shopping in the female in the women's section and said, "Can you help me understand?" And he's just like, "Honey, I'm I'm just gay. I don't I don't understand all these things. But we're the same. It's an age thing. It's a generational thing. He doesn't. He the pronoun thing isn't wasn't his issue." It's come up more for this generation. And so I thought that was funny. Like, he's just like, I, the, I don't get it either. I don't know what's going on with the younger people. But I still think it's super cool that they are trying to respect one another. So, like, how the pronoun isn't the issue. It's just more, how can I respect you as you the most? And that, that's important because if we can respect one another, if people can feel heard and appreciated, then we'll, we'll move past so many little things that aren't necessary.
0: Kat identifies as a Persian woman and uses she her pronouns. Kat talked about the challenges of raising a teenage son in the post-MeToo era and the possibilities for creating new standards for how people treat one another.
8: It's interesting having a teenage son now um, and watching how he deals with gender issues. And, you know, one of the things that actually has been really interesting to, to deal with is consent, having to do with his his role as a boy and how he's growing up and, you know, how he treats women in terms of like touching them. And, um, you know, if he hugs me too long, I'm like, you need to be very cognizant. If I, if I'm saying that's enough, you know, that's enough. And so being aware of personal space for not just women, but men, anyone, you know, and so kind of that road I think has changed a lot. Um, and I think it's hard for, you know, you know, you think about when you were growing up and like things that boys would say and things like that, he cannot say those things. And so, talking about like teasing and like you know he's getting into this weird hormonal (laughs) stage where girls are going to start coming up and things that he is interested in so far we haven't really hit that yet but um making sure that he understands like there are lines and there are levels of respect and whether it be a boy or girl whatever making sure that he's able to kind of maneuver through this very awkward weird time i think is new Um, and I don't think we've dealt with it, um, at least in previous generations yet. So I'm super glad about the Me Too movement. I think it's, you know, calling things out and shedding sunshine, you know, is the best disinfectant. So I think this is a great thing for this next generation coming up and they're living in a world that, you know, I wish we all had that opportunity to live in, but at the same time, trying to figure out what those standards are has been really difficult. Like we weren't brought up that way. So, um, you know, we're. We're kind of building the plane as it flies, um, which but is using kind of that scary. A lot yeah, of it, right? so it's kind of scary. But at the same time, I'm I'm glad that he is. He's just such a kind, compassionate, empathetic, you know, super respectful person. Um, and I'm glad it's it's fascinating watching this young man grow up to be, you know, such a feminist and and somebody that is just full of compassion.
0: Mercedes identifies as a cisgender Latina woman and uses she/her pronouns. She talked about changing attitudes and practices in her family around machismo and traditional gender roles. My sisters, for
9: instance, um, well, my, my uh, closest sister, she's a, she's a terrible cook just terrible. I mean, she will burn a piece of toast if you allow her to do so. She can barely grate cheese without cutting her fingers. It's it's kind of hysterical to watch. And so, um, you know, her husband does a lot of the cooking. And so there are a lot of now conversations about how there are so many, you know, the men that we married, that they cook, that they spend time in the kitchen. You know, my husband is very intentional. When we have fa- family gatherings, he, he says, I'm going to the kitchen, you know, I'm going to help out in the kitchen. And so, you know, the, the other men, I think, of course, I'm sure thinking in their head, he's making us look bad. You know, what is he doing? Should I go in there and just like stand there awkwardly? You know, what should I do here? But it's at least having them question, okay, me sitting here and just doing nothing is maybe not okay. And so, um, that, you know, that's a conversation we're starting to have. And, and, you know, again, my husband's so sweet, just says, go, go out and sit, have a beer, right? Just go sit next to, you know, your uncle, have a beer. I'm going to be in the kitchen right now. And so just to see, you know, and, and we start to have those conversations. And of course my uncles are, what are you doing? Right. And your husband's in there. It's like, yeah, so let's talk about that. <laughs> And and so we see that um, a little bit more start to change, and um, and especially too now how uh, you know I communicate with my cousins and how they write um, an X at the end as opposed to an O or an A, which would be male or female at the end of of certain words. And so um, that that's really great to see as well, because then you start to see it change in the language, which I think because it's at the root of culture and family, that, that it's really um, something that can cause a, a good
0: amount of change. Liz identifies as a female Asian-American in a Chinese-American Hapa and uses she-her pronouns. Liz focused on changes around gender and body image and new possibilities concerning beauty standards. The clip you're about to hear picks up after Liz has told me about having breast implants when she was 19 years old.
10: Body image is another area where things are changing a lot. And I think if, if CrossFit was a thing when I was growing up, I probably wouldn't have done it because the value of what a strong woman looks like is completely different now than it was then. Could Could you say a few more words about that? In the CrossFit community, um, aesthetics actually don't really matter. The point is becoming a stronger, more functional human and being able to basically lift heavier shit and move faster. But it's not about doing certain exercises so that your butt or arms or this or that look a certain way. It's just about being healthier. And I think that's beautiful. Uh, I wish, like I said, that that was popular when I was growing up. And also... Um, I think about Serena Williams and everything she's doing. She's such a a trailblazer in many forms, Um, but she's a beautiful, strong woman, and I'm happy that girls have her to look up to now.
0: Barbara identifies as a female service member transitioning to civilian life. Barbara talked about the new world of possibilities for women in the military that were not available to her when she was coming up in the Air Force.
11: I think the most important part of this is for the young women that are out there. It it opens up a whole world for them that wasn't possible, for example, when I was younger. I feel that I had several, there were several career paths open to me, very gender, even when I, I talked to a Navy recruiter initially before I joined the Air Force. And at the time, women weren't allowed to be on ships. And so I looked at the recruiter, why would I wanna join the Navy if I can't be on a ship? Isn't that the point of being in the Navy, right? And he said, well, well, you can be a cook or you can be a secretary. And I said, I don't need to join the military to do those things. I can do those things here. And, but the Air Force offered me something that I had never considered. You, know, you take a test called the ASVAB and it gives you scores and then that will determine what military jobs they can put you in. So you have an aptitude for certain skills. So when I, I scored high in electronics, who knew, right? I never picked up a tool probably my whole life up to that point. And the recruiter, the Air Force recruiter told me, you can go be an aircraft mechanic. And and I was like, really? <laughs> like, I can really do this? And so I did. But had that not happened, I would not have known that those kinds of jobs were open. So in the military, we've opened all jobs to women, right? We've In society, we've seen women do lots of things that weren't, we wouldn't have never considered as young women. And so I think the most important conversation is around what the next generation of women who are gonna be able to to break through even more glass ceilings and, and do more things and make and have a seat at the table and have more parity in the world writ large, in the corporate world, in the military world, you know, pick pick an area. So I think that's the most important part of the the conversation and the and the things that have happened recently that some people had to suffer through the painful part of the change in order for to, to clear the path, right, for other women.
0: And lastly, I'd like to return to Tracy, who also spoke of other possibilities within her family and beyond.
2: So I think that um, it's the, to me, the young kind of protesting women have phenomenal, right? I, I think that their mentality is, you know, they're going to stand up and take what's theirs. And I think that's awesome. So I, I've, what I've, foresee is that um a whole wave of women that are taking charge right so i see that you can just look at congress and see how many women are there and i just think sometimes you can achieve something when you see yourself doing it right so now we see the possibilities that women can achieve it and for the next generation behind them it won't even be a big thing they'll be able to land at success without even thinking about roles i can say that when um Hillary Clinton lost, my son said to me, why can't a girl be a president? I was like, there's no good reason why a girl can't be a a president. But he could see that it wasn't an issue of qualifications. It was an issue of a woman Mm -hmm. needing to prove herself. And at the time, he must have been, I don't know, eight years old. So that means it's pretty pervasive. And it's not like he's sitting around watching CNN. He picked up on that in his little in his little life. So, at least two he could a ask the question as a boy, yeah. and he didn't see any difference, right? He didn't he didn't catch it. And I think this generation will be able to, uh, you know, affirm each other and say we have our each have our gifts, and and not our stereotypes. We are not our stereotypes.
0: I've really enjoyed going back and reflecting upon the various possibilities that people have highlighted in our conversations over the past six months, starting from the way that we talk about gender, moving beyond the traditional categories, and the fact that people are not willing to be put in any one box. I love the idea of converting vocabulary into understanding, and the spaces that have opened up by introducing many gender terms into popular culture. It's true, the change is uneven. Some groups are shutting down while other groups are opening up. But overall, there seems to be a very real shift in the way at least the younger generation perceives and holds gender identity and gender expression. This generation, they feel comfortable to express themselves authentically and unabashedly as who they are, not only regarding gender, but other aspects of their lives. So overall, I find this to be very hopeful. So ending on that hopeful note, I just want to thank you for joining me for Episode 20, Possibilities, Part 2. If you haven't checked out Possibilities, Part 1, I hope you do, which highlights possibilities surrounding increased awareness and accountability in the post me Too era. You've been listening to Your Own Voice, the podcast about gender experience and perspective. Your Own Voice is produced by me, Amy Breslow, with IT support from Alex Moreno and is registered with Protect Right, music by Kevin MacLeod. I see each conversation as an adventure and I love being surprised by where we go. If you found you had any questions during the conversation, I'd really like to know. You can submit questions on the website, yourownvoice.org contact. Thank you for joining us today. I'll be back in two weeks with the next episode. Until then, take care and be well.